What's happening, everybody? Ryan Thomas here for another edition of the Crowd Assist Podcast. As always, joined by my co-host, Kevin Massari, as we dive into the latest topics throughout some of our opinions on the Buffalo Bills uh, heading into this 2020 season here. This podcast is presented by Trainwreck Sports and sponsored by Picasso's Pizza. For the best pizza in Western New York, check out all of the Picasso's Pizza locations. Get some slices, get some wings, and enjoy. So, Kevin, I have a few fears heading into this 2020 season. As optimistic as I am about the uh, 2020 season, I do have some fears. Uh, I'll state my fears, but I want to see what your fears might be. What are some fears that you have in regards to this 2020 Buffalo Bills season? I think if you're talking about fears, Ryan, I think you're talking about things that would get in the way of the Bills, either hitting the ultimate goal of not only in the playoffs, but a playoff win and a playoff home game um, and going further. Uh, but but being successful in a 10-6 and six record, we'll just say, we'll just use that as a benchmark, a back-to-back 10-6 and six team uh, seasons. I think the first thing that pops out to me is the schedule and the amount of West Coast games. I think this is a at at this time in late May, I think this is an exponentially harder schedule than they had last year. I think they had a bad Pittsburgh team with their third quarterback, um, and you know their offense kind of beat up. So I think they they you know they kind of they kind of lucked into that one. That was really one of their big wins down the stretch. Um, they really sh- the Bills did lose to New England. They lose lost to the Jets and they lost to the Houston, going off with three losses. I uh, wasn't how you wanted to you know to finish that that season. So. I think the schedule's hard, Ryan. I mean, I think that it's not – I don't think it's overstated how, you know, Arizona's going to be better than they were. Um, the Rams are probably the one team that you just don't know what you're going to get with them. It's probably an 8-8 eight and eight football team um, as Jared Goff has regressed. But, I mean, you still have the Seahawks who just can beat anybody at any time in any place. Um, they don't win every game, but they certainly can. Um, and then you, you have the San Francisco 49ers coming off the Super Bowl appearance. It's, it's just a tough and challenging. You get Pittsburgh again, you get Tennessee again to, you know, borderline playoff teams uh, as your other AFC games, as well as having to play the AFC West, which uh, outside of Vegas, who, you know, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with them. Um, Denver, you know, their defense is really good. Locke won a lot of games on the stretch. It's a tough, tough schedule. And to say right now, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's just on paper. Um, well, I just, I think that this, the schedule would translate to being a tough schedule. So I think 10 and six this year, is much better than 10 and six last year. And then especially, yeah, I mean, New England will take a little notch down, but I mean, the Jets and Dolphins won't be worse, Ryan. Um, they, they both were pretty bad. Darnold did miss some time, but the Bills played Darnold twice. Um, so, you know, and then that, that elusive, you know, Darnold is never lost in Buffalo stat really. So it's only two games, but. Um, so you got all of that working against you. The division, probably in the six games, you take a snotch back on the New England game, but the other two games probably take a step up. Um, so I don't know that divisions in, in the six division games are that much easier to come out of that four and two. Um, I think it's still pretty good, even though people are looking at five and one or six and oh in those division games. So that's that's kind of my my troublesome. Obviously, then, you know, lastly, you'll get into you know some Ed Oliver suspensions. I don't see that that happening. Um, and then the team just regressing on defense. But I mean, we'll start with the schedule point. I just I think that it actually is tough and not just paper tough. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I think that it's important in this time period to acknowledge that while a lot of analysts and a lot of sports sites out there, even you know, members of the national media are willing to say, yeah, the Buffalo Bills uh, should take over the AFC East. They should 
carry the torch, um, take the torch, I guess you could say, from the Patriots and really run the table of the AFC East. That's music to my ears, and that is a attention-grabbing headline. But with so much positivity, I don't know about you, Kevin, but it almost makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I'm not used to this positive uh, – all these this positive, this positivity, the positive thoughts in regards to the Buffalo Bills. I've never really seen anything like it. So in this show – you know, you're stating your fears. I'm stating my fears. Along with the schedule, you know, week after week after week, 2019 season, I would host the Thomas Takeover postgame show with Degenerate Al and DJ Supreme. And it was one of the uh, best um, things that I've ever done shows-wise. I thought it was very fun throughout the season, diving into the postgame reactions, if you will. And I felt like a broken record almost every single week talking about how the offensive game plan, the situational play calling um, of one Brian Dable was just the thorn in my side. And I took some heat for it. I had some guys go back and forth and say, oh, I think you're being a little bit too hard on Brian Dable. And maybe I was. Maybe I wanted the Bills offense to be better than, than what it was in 2019. I think there was a lot left to be desired. Um, from the start of the season to the end of the season, especially with the sour taste in our mouths that we all still have looking back on that Houston Texans playoff game, the offense was leading the game 16 point lead. And then the game just fell apart. So, you know, my, my finger to point was, was it Brian Dave the majority of the 2019 season and with Stefan Diggs, with Zach Moss, a guy that you like and a guy that I really like as well, we talked about him extensively uh, prior to the draft, I feel like there is no excuses now. If this offense does not improve and this offense looks unorganized and the situational play calling is somewhat lackadaisical and a little bit, um, I don't want to say weak, but a, a little bit training wheels uh, for, for Josh Allen. We see those training wheels get put on Josh Allen again. I'm willing to say that, you know, I'll be criticizing Brian Dable again and kind of saying, I told you so in regards to last season and hoping that this doesn't spill over into 2020. To me, there's no reason that this should spill over, being that you are far more talented in the passing game with Stephon Diggs, being that Dawson Knox is in his second season, hopefully he takes that next big step, as well as the running game with two solid young running backs and Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. So my biggest fear is, can this offense hit the ground running week one, week two, week three? Will this offense have a little bit of a, an adjustment period with all these new pieces? I think we could see a little bit of both. Hopefully that doesn't fester into the mid-weeks of the season, you know, week six, week seven, week eight, where the schedule really starts to get tough. So that is my thoughts, my biggest fear, actually, for the 2020 Buffalo Bills season. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that the Bills added a lot of offensive pieces, and what if the offense doesn't get any get better? I mean, I think that that's very fair to say, Ryan, especially when you look at it on paper. That offense looks obviously based on Josh Allen, you can't really say, but it, it looks to me pretty loaded. Once again, this is we we're only we're speaking to May. We can only speak about it on paper. There's no OTAs. There's not there's no training camp as of right now. Um, so all we can do is talk about this on paper. And right now it looks like as good as and young as a Bills offense. The offensive line stable. They brought in more veteran talent in depth and a new priority UDFA and 
Um, you know, it, it looks bringing back all their players. Um, it, it just, they didn't lose anyone, but Frank Gore and replace them with, with, um, Zach Moss and added, obviously, as you mentioned, aforementioned, um, digs. And I mean, there's just, the offense is just too good. So, I mean, I think you take it a step further and I, I, I've criticized Brian Dable. I thought he called a, a magnificent first half against Houston in the playoffs and then just followed it up with some of the worst play calling I had seen. I think that that is the Brian Dable in a nutshell, um, in game to game, week to week stretches of, of games. Uh, you see Dable with creativity and in a really genius um, level play call. And then you see games where, quite frankly, um, it, he looks replaceable. So I think that, that you'll, you might see some of that this year, even with you know now no OTAs to implement it. Although a lot of the Bills offense is returning, you still need to get digs. You still need to get some of the other players up to speed. So I think that that's a fair criticism. And I think that that's one that I'll be watching very closely, Ryan, to see if there's anything that can be done um, with that and, and to ease my tensions away from Brian Dable. But I, he is probably one of my biggest um, critic, you know, criticisms right now of this Buffalo Bills team. And then if you go even further, I'm a big Josh Allen supporter. I'm pretty defensive of him. I think that he's been as good as anybody um, in the last, you know, the last couple of drafts up, you know, obviously not including, you know, to attack Viola or uh, Burrow before the point, but he's been one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Um, you know, he, he's in the camp of being able to compete against some of those savvy veterans. I think he does a lot with his legs and his leadership that, you know, you can't just say, Oh, well, he missed a deep throw. I mean, I'm a big defender of Josh Allen, but if he stays the same or does take a minor step back at some point, you know, it, at some point, you can't have him hurting the team. At, uh, so we'll see. Like, and, and lastly, like you got to got to bring it up, Brian. Injuries. Um, I think something to derail this team would be an injury specifically to the those offensive players we just mentioned. You, you take Diggs out of the game, and you're you're bringing back the offensive from last year. Um, you know, you take Josh Allen out of the game, and you're bringing back Matt Barkley, who did not look very good at times last year. Coming in in New England cold, okay, against a good defense. The Jets game, I at home. Um, he played with the second stringers, but those are players that he played with throughout training camp. I thought he should have been a lot better. Um, the, the Jets were awful in that game. Bill's offense was even worse. Um, so I, I am worried. I mean, those are the, the games that you, he needs to come in and be better than that. He's playing against starters, um, but he, he needs to come in and be better than that. Um, that's not, that doesn't give me a lot of motivation for, for Matt Barkley. Um, it, does that mean you put in Jake Fromm? Does that mean you go to the vet market and, and entertain a Josh McCown or, um, you know, still at this point, Cam Newton, I'm assuming he's going to be with, with someone soon, but those are the kind of things that you're talking about, Ryan. If you hurt those, 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 you know, Josh Allen and or Stefan Diggs or Zach Moss, even, uh, even Singletary got banged up last year. I mean, you're looking at the depth chart and, and running back. I think we can get by with Singletary and Yeldon or Moss and Yeldon. I think we can get by with, um, but the receiver position gets awfully interesting too. You take digs out and there, it, it is a deep unit, but you're going to be making cuts and teams are going to be looking at Robert Foster. What happens if digs goes in, you know, week one, um, and gets hurt, you know, and then you're looking at, you know, Foster's on a new team. Duke Williams is somewhere else. Um, you know, now you're going to your, to your practice squad and guys that are, are worse than maybe all of those guys that you had caught. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of, of, of really tough situations. If, especially when injury started, you can't be as healthy as you were last year. So that's, I think a major thing that I'm worried about. Um, a major uh, problem area for this team is that maybe they say relatively healthy, but you know, if for some reason, um, at Oliver suspended and he faced another injury or two on the defensive line, I don't know. I mean, not, no, no team can really, um, combat that. And, and that's one of the right. strengths of their team is their front seven. So, and, and what about Trey White? I mean, he's the real difference maker on this entire roster, not even just defense. You know, Trey White's now the guy, maybe beside Josh Allen a little bit, 
uh, a little in Stefan Diggs a little bit that everybody knows. I mean, he's an all pro. He's basically who makes the defense tick. He can shut down number one receivers. He's, you know, as good as anybody. He goes down. All of a sudden, you're looking at Levi Wallace and, and Josh Norman in the game. That's that's a lot different than having Trey White and those two um, being able to play who's matchup based. So I think that those are the, some big deals. If the Bills lose one of their you know top five players, uh, how do they how do they combat that? And you know you kind of mix that in with the fact of that offense regressing, Josh Allen you know regressing you know like we saw from Mitchie Biscuits in in in, in Chicago. Um, where he had a pretty good year, silenced his critics, and then he comes back and he's awful, um, and to the point where they brought in a bloated Nick Foles contract. So I think that those are right. my those are, are legitimate concerns, and it's a big year for all of those quarterbacks: Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Rosen might be done. Um, I think Jim, Lamar Jackson done enough, um, but you know even him to a little a little a smaller extent. Um, you know the, the guys from the first round of this draft, um, 2018 draft. I mean, this is a big year for them to say, okay, now at this point, Baker Mayfield's been bad for too long. He he might not be that good. Or maybe he takes a step up and, you know, last year was an anomaly. Same with Josh Allen. He's taking that next step. He cannot go down. He does not have the ability to take a step back um, and really still make a career of this thing. Right. So I think that that just is like Dable. Um, If the bills take a step back this year, Dable's gone. I mean, I think that that's fairly obvious, nor does anyone really want that. But Josh Allen, right. that's a tricky one because he's looming at a contract at some point, and the Bills have a window of this year, next year, and potentially his fifth-year option, um, which would still be fairly fairly reasonable um, right. to, to make this thing happen. Right. In my opinion, if Josh Allen is, is through the roof at this point, I mean, through right. the first two seasons, um, I, I think he's been phenomenal. His first season as a rookie – you know, I think was a very good season considering mm-hmm. all that was stacked against him. An offensive line that was a sieve, uh, wide receivers quitting on him and Calvin Benjamin and a, and a tight end that just wasn't a fit with him from the get-go. I remember being at training camp and Charles Clay and Josh Allen, I didn't see a pass from Josh Allen go to Charles Clay the whole time. I remember telling people, oh, how does how do, people would ask me, how does Charles Clay, and how, do, how are they looking? I couldn't tell anybody a thing. You know, they, they just weren't in sync. Uh, I can't explain why, um, but, it, you know, Charles Clay was, you know, out the door um, that following season. And you look at what factors in 2020 can make or break the Buffalo Bills. It's Brian Dable and, and Brian Dable one through five for me. Like it's Brian Dable a couple, one through five. The defense, I'm not too worried about outside of the depth issues that they could have if they have some injuries. Obviously, if Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde were to go down one or the other, it would hurt the other one. Um, They are two guys that work in unison together really, really well. And if Poyer goes down, it hurts Hyde. And if Hyde goes down, it hurts Poyer. So um, I think there is so much potential for players to take that next big step as well but the expectation for most Bills fans, I don't know if it will meet reality. What I mean by that is not so much wins and losses, whether they make the playoffs, whether they win a playoff game, but I think year three with the addition of Stefan Diggs, in some ways it's actually brought more pressure onto Josh Allen to deliver in this third season. And I'm not saying that's sure. a, a, bad, a bad thing or, or a good thing. I'm just saying that that's, that's how it is. And as well, you look at the defensive side of the ball, 
Tremaine Edmonds is entering his third season as a Buffalo Bill quarterback of the defense. He doesn't have the veteran and Lorenzo Alexander alongside him anymore. How is that going to impact Tremaine Edmonds, if at all? I think that's a big question, and I think it's a question worth you know, asking ourselves as we head into the season. We have these massive expectations for Josh Allen entering his third season. What are the expectations for Tremaine Edmonds? I think they should be just as massive when you look at how this defense has been built and how this defense has accumulated talent over the years um, since they drafted Tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds and Allen should take massive steps forward, but is it still enough in the eyes of Bills fans to be justifiably good enough? That will be interesting come, you know, this time next year when we are talking about, you know, this past season in in retrospect, this upcoming season in retrospect, I should say. Will we say, yeah, Allen met our expectations uh, heading into 2020? Will we say, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds, met our expectations heading into 20 and as 2020 and as much as I love the positive um, just galore over this Buffalo Bills team I definitely have to kind of check myself and say well there's a lot of reasons to be positive but these games are not won with articles in the offseason positive articles in the offseason there are one on the field we still got to go up against Bill Belichick twice a year he's the greatest coach ever the Jets and Dolphins have improved Um, so I think that this season while there should be optimism we have to kind of have our optimism be sensible and and not overstep not say 13 and 3 with the schedule not say 12 and 4 with the schedule I think 11 and 5 would be one heck of a season for the Bills. And as you even said, 10 and 6 would be doable as well. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, Ryan, because I think that you can say, just, I still am going to go back to the point of this division potentially in large being better than many are saying. Um, like you mentioned, the defense of New England's just as good. Um, they take a big step back at quarterback. I mean, I'm going to say at this point, I'm still saying the late Brady um, to Stidham's a big deal. So you, you, the offense isn't great in New England, but the defense can win games. The offense wasn't great against the Bills in the games they played. I mean, that's the one thing right. that I have seen. I mean, Tom Brady didn't win them either of those games. I mean, they, they're they're playing, um, you know, Derek Anderson – or not Derek Anderson. You're playing um, the backup quarterback of Matt Barkley for a quarter, um, throws a pick at the end of the game, and, you, you know, the other game was a defensive – you know, kind of a defensive game. So – I don't think that the offense of New England's good, but at the same time, that defense is elite. Um, and it's going to win them some games. They're going to be – I think they're going to be 8-8. Eight eight. I really do. I mean, minimum. So that means they got to win eight games. And then you go to the Jets. I think that they could be just as good with a full season of Darnold. I mean, they're, they're going to be – they won some games on the stretch. And then Miami, I mean, they, they did a lot of good things in free agency as well as add to a tag of Viola. So I think that's it's the cl- biggest worry. To close out the show, as we wrap up the Crowd Assist podcast, um, who would you say has had a better offseason? Who would you say is trending in a better direction heading into 2020? The Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, or the New York Jets? I'm interested to hear your take on this. And this was a question I was going to ask you in the last podcast, but um, I, I didn't get to it. Who would you say has had the better, not even the better offseason, but who is heading in a, in a better direction heading into 2020, the Jets or the Dolphins? 
It's tough because I, I still like Darnold. Uh, I just don't like Adam Gase. Um, they did right. get some stuff from. I, they were impressively decent down the stretch um, when they could have just you know hung it up and folded and gone for the first overall pick or, or close to it. You know, top five pick. Um, they ended up winning some games. Um, I don't love what they did at receiver, going with Brashad Perriman, Denzel Mims. Those aren't my two favorite guys there to kind of revamp that for for Darnold. You know, Le'Veon Bell is kind of there alone. You know, with Frank Gore now. Um, you know, nothing at the tight end position to me. Offensive line, they kind of tried to do what the Bills did, but a lot of misses to me. With not a big fan of Alex Lewis. I'm not a big fan of Connor McGovern. Um, I they paid uh, George Fant a lot of money, <laughs> and then you know you know replacing with Beckton anyways, which was goofy. You know, George, uh, Greg Van Rotten. I don't know what they're doing. They kind of do what the Bills did, but uh, to me, spent more money than the Bills did doing it, and for maybe worse players. Um, the defense still isn't that impressive in New York to me um, for where they've been. Like Steve McClendon's a 34-year-old defensive tackle with Quinn and Williams. It's okay. Henry Anderson, the cheap shot artist, um, that is an okay, you know, down lineman. And their, their, their linebackers, obviously, Mosley's really good, but still nothing impressive. Um, you know, they're still, you know, starting Pierre Desser. Desser um, eh. Jamal Adams may be traded. I, I can't see that. I can't say that team's trending in the right way. I just do think that they could be competitive. Um, and if there's a bad team in this division, it's more likely to be them. But I do think they have enough ability with um, Darnold um, and Le'Veon Bell um, to be at least decent. Um, their defense is going to always be probably decent. Miami is right. interesting because I can't tell you if they're, they do this a lot, you know, every couple of years where they revamp their defensive defense and, and pay a lot of players and, you know, pay Jack Lawson and um, do a lot of different things, you know, brought in, you know, Kyle Van Noy, um, you know, they did the big money at, at cornerback, uh, spent a first round pick on Noah Igabinagini, um, who I was looking at in the second or third round and they, they took him you know, in the first. So right. they, you know, spent some really big assets on the offensive line first, second, and fourth, um, kind of replaced, um, you know, their first, you know, left tackle and ended up just taking one. Um, I, I, it's, that's all based on Tua Tagovailoa for me. I can't really say yet right. if they're trending. If he comes in and just is injured, just doesn't look right, I can't really say they're trending in any direction. If he comes in and looks good, though, um, and the defense is put together with all free agents, um, uh, you know, you never know. I mean, the safety core is still a little bang, you know, still a little subpar to me. Eric Rose coming over from New England, who's played every position, played a lot of money to Philegelum um, from Cincinnati. It's still not a good defensive back. Xavier Howard really struggled. The defensive backfield was terrible. So that's why they paid a lot of money to Jones and drafted Igabinogany. So we'll have to see. The front seven could still be pretty strong. So um, they were competitive in games. I think that had a lot to do with Fitz. We'll see the split between Fitz and Tua. Um, we'll see what Rosen plays in with this thing, if they trade him or if he somehow magooches his way into a, into, um, a game or two somehow with an injury. Um, so that, I, I guess Miami, it's a long-winded way right. to say Miami, um, but <laughs> yeah, need to see it's that defense question. put together. I need to see that defense get put together. Yeah, it's definitely, it was, a, it's a tough, it's a very interesting question because I think, you know, of all the examples that you gave about the Jets and Miami roster wise, to me, a team is only as good as their head coach. And sure. I've been on a lot of shows lately talking about the AFC East. And it, it just still it still just baffles me that the Jets hired a coach that was fired by a division rival that, that didn't do well. And 
Miami, I, I think they replaced Adam Gase with the right coach for the Dolphins right now in this state of transition. Brian Flores, B-Flow, as they like to call him. He has exponentially made this team a grittier, tougher team. And heading into this season, this last season, I didn't even yeah. know if Miami would win one or two games, if that. And they came away you know, ending their season, upsetting the New England Patriots in Foxborough right. to bump the Patriots out of you know, one of the top seeds to play in wildcard weekend. And I think the players really respect Brian Flores. And I think that Miami will only get better. As crazy as it is for me to say this, though, while I do think they can only get better, it all rests on Tua. And I got a lot of questions about the fact that they took Tua, they put a lot into that pick, given that they've acquired all these picks over the last few years, and that is the quarterback that they decide to invest their future in, a quarterback that has had a bevy of injuries. It'll be interesting. That's that's for sure. That is the one thing we can say. But um, to wrap up the Crowd Assist podcast, I'm Ryan Thomas. That was Kevin Massari. As we dove into our fears, potential fears, for the Buffalo Bills 2020 NFL season and also diving into who we feel is destined for better things possibly in the future. Who is heading in the better direction, Miami or the Jets? Thanks so much for tuning in. See you guys next week.